Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. My name is Patrick J. McGinnis, and I coined the term FOMO. That's short for fear of missing out, and it's why some people end up following the crowd. But we're not like them. We're part of a new species that isn't afraid to do things differently. I call us FOMO sapiens. And this is the show where you'll meet people like us, phenomenal FOMO sapiens, to learn how they find the courage and the ideas to live exceptional lives. FOMO. FOMO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to FOMO Sapiens, the show for people who don't just follow the crowd, but instead take their own path to success in business and in life. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night, and of course, FOMO Sapiens 24-7. And today we're going to be talking about a really interesting company that my guest built. It is a direct-to-consumer pillow company, which when I first heard about this business, I was thinking to myself... That sounds really tricky actually to build, but now having tried the product and seen exactly what they're doing, I think it's pretty interesting and just a totally disruptive way of building a company. Great inspiration, great for anybody who wants to start a direct-to-consumer business. So there's a lot in this episode for you because we're already talking about this company, Pluto Pillow, which is the first and only sleep pillow that's custom-made for you which also is complex. There's all these levels of complexity we will explain. And my guest to talk about all this is Susanna Selu, who is a first-generation college graduate. She graduated from USC in three years with a BS in business administration and a concentration in entrepreneurship. Very apropos, during her last year in college, she actually started a bamboo toilet paper company for a project, and that actually became the number one best-selling bamboo bath tissue company on Amazon. She sold that business three years later. Now, in 2017, Susanna started experiencing terrible neck pain, and after going through a bunch of bad pillow-buying experiences, she saw an opportunity to cater to the next generation of consumers and started Pluto with her friend and co-founder, Kevin Lee. Susanna lives in Los Angeles. Now, on this this episode, we're going to talk about, first of all, just like what is Pluto's strategy, how they are disrupting this very traditional industry, right? You think pillows, not something like, I don't know, I never really think much about the pillows that I buy, but you think about how much time you spend with your pillow every year. There's a lot that can happen in terms of data-driven insights and customization and all this other stuff. So we're going to talk about that. We'll also talk about Susanna's experience going on Shark Tank, which was actually quite formative for the business. We're going to talk about what she kind of prepared for that, her pitch, what happened, the whole experience, which is super interesting. We're going to also talk about the challenges and opportunities of building a D2C consumer brand and how one gets feedback from customers and gets data and actually makes this thing work. So a lot of good stuff just about the tactics of running a business. And Susanna's just super impressive. Now, my small ask for you this week is this one's so easy. Actually, probably not. Take a nap. I love naps. I think I've said this before. I, I mean, I took a nap last week that was, wow. I woke up, I mean, it was three hours. So maybe that's not even a nap at that point, but it was amazing. Take a nap. All right. And now onto the interview. As you know, I like to go deep early. And so I asked Susanna my favorite question to get started. 
What's a formative decision you've had to make to get to where you are today? Actually going way back, it was when I said, yes, I will go to a, my first track event. Hmm. My first car, race car track event was that decision that I made. And the reason for that is because since I was a little girl, I love cars. Like I would name cars and car brands and models on the street. Um, but when I got into that type of track world, I'm a very competitive person. I've been doing it for some time. And there came a day in 2017 where I started getting really bad neck pain. And it affected my driving so much where I couldn't even place my car. I couldn't see where my car needs to be on the track coming up on a curve on a turn. Um, and it affected my driving times. And I frankly didn't like that. So that kind of kickstarted this whole thing where I tried to get help to fix my neck pain. And I got a tip that maybe I should replace my 10-year-old pillow. Maybe that could help. So that was the decision I'll go with. So that is great. We've never had anybody come on and talk about driving a race car on this show. So you, you, this is like, I don't know what year, this is season nine. So in nine seasons, I never got the answer. So wonderful. And, and number two, you teed it up perfectly. Such a pro. Pillows, got to have a pillow. It's like, we forget, like, I, I was like thinking about this, like my mattress. It's like, you know, it's, these they, they, you can't keep these things forever. And so you realize that your pillow was a problem and you started a company called Pluto. And I watched you on Shark Tank because you were on Shark Tank and you and your co-founder, Kevin Lee, pitched the business. And I thought it was really, really good. So what I want to do to start out, because you're so good at this, is I want you to give us your elevator pitch. Tell us what you're doing, what, why you started this company, what it is. Is that unfair? You're looking at me like, oh, I know you're- I'm like you're trying to recite everything from that Shark Tank experience, that one and a half hour long experience, which I'm sure we'll get to. <laughs> All right. Elevator pitch. Elevator pitch. Okay. Well, your sleep is more important than just your mattress. Uh, your pillows are just as important. And pillows are the second most replaced item in the bedroom after bed sheets. There's got to be a better way to buy such an essential product that, frankly, everybody needs. But the options out there, especially at the time in 2017, were that pillows were an afterthought. Everything was one size fits all for the most part. You go to a store, there are shelves of pillows. How do you know which one would be the right fit for you? You would squeeze them through like the dirty plastic bag and put your head on them and you're like, cool, go home, put it on your bed. It's not the right fit. You try and return it. There's that whole thing. On Amazon, you know, you type in pillows. There's 80,000 pillows. We don't need really another pillow, but we need a better way to purchase this item that everyone needs. So what Pluto does is we're the first and only custom sleep pillow crafted to your body stats, sleep positions, and preferences. You take a quick questionnaire on our site, about 18 questions. Your data runs through our algorithm. We have over 5 million data points to date that help us create the right fit for you, sent to your home, delivered within seven business days. Everything is crafted here in our warehouse in LA. Um, and yeah, we're, we're out to be the best way to purchase a pillow online or offline. All right. So that was very good. Um, I like that. And what's, what I, what I realized when I started sort of understanding what you do is that I, I went through this experience. I have one of your pillows 
and I'm enjoying it very much, actually. But what I didn't realize when I bought it was what you're doing really is, and I don't know if you know this term, but have you heard of the term FOBO, fear of a better option? Oh, no, okay. please, so, please do tell. I'll more. tell you all about it. FOMO sapiens listeners know it. It's the other word that I invented the same day as FOMO. It didn't really get that famous. But fear of a better option is what happens when we go onto Amazon and there are 80,000 pillows and we keep searching and searching for the perfect pillow, but it's impossible to know which one to get. And therefore, it's really hard to make a purchase decision. And this is endemic in our society, whether it's, you know, swiping on the dating apps, whether it's trying to, you know, buy something on Amazon, whether it's going onto Netflix and you have a gazillion things you could choose from. And so that's why people have trouble making purchase decisions. And what I realize now that you've told me that and you know, thinking about my purchase experience is you ask me a bunch of pretty simple questions that I can answer, and then you figure it out for me. You send me the product and I don't have to worry. And so that, I, I think what, you know, at the end of the day, not just a pillow company, you're a FOBO busting company. That's what I, I think. I'll, I'll take it. That's awesome. That's, that's, that's a great way to to think about it too. And for us, it is basically trying to cut down that pillow industry return rate, which at the time was 12.95%, let's just call it 13%. Like I had to buy and return seven different pillows before finding the right one. How can we create a better experience for the modern day consumer? You know, there are all these mattress companies. I wanna focus on pillows again one thing that um, sort of everybody needs and kind of see how we could calculate like your body stats, your mattress, how, how firm it is. It could affect how much you kind of, you know, lay down on your pillow, how much it sinks down, like all these little things, um, what you've liked and disliked before and take it all in and, and create something that's crafted for you in a way where, hey, if you don't like it, we also have a great customer experience team that helps you really tweak and nail it. Uh, we have a 110 night trial. Yeah, and before I go, it sounds it's, <laughs> before I go on further, it sounds like such like a product thing, but it, it is it has been an amazing ride so far in terms of creating this business. I've never imagined I would be in pillows. You know, it's kind of interesting because like I'm curious when you were getting started, like how much time do you just think about the psychology of purchasing something? Like, how did you figure out how many questions to ask? Like, how to get that sort of, like, series of questions so that you would be able to deliver somebody the product that they wanted? Like, what was that about? How did you figure it out? Yeah, that's a great question. We started with a ton of questions. It wasn't just 18. Because at the time, when I was dealing with my own pain points, both literal and figuratively, of, like, going through that purchasing process— I had the opportunity to even talk to my physical therapist at the time and be like, how can I find that right pillow? Like, what do I look for for me, like uniquely? What should I look for in terms of like the height, the firmness level? Um, if I sleep a certain way, how thick does it have to be? Or if I go on my stomach, when I wake up on my stomach, which is different from like when I go to sleep, what does that say? Or, or what does that mean in terms of my pillow build? And from that experience, like, you know, things, even simple things like side sleepers need a thicker pillow, for instance, for that neck to shoulder tip alignment, that gap, it has to be like a thicker pillow than someone who, for example, sleeps on her stomach. But what if they sleep 
on both, you know, like how do you kind of optimize for that? Just taking in those thoughts and then talking with sleep researchers too on what goes into making a great pillow for someone, not necessarily putting like electronics into a pillow to like, you know, like um, track your sleep or anything, but like just very simple things. Putting that into like a 30 question questionnaire. So it was long, it wasn't 18 putting it online and seeing that people had this drop-off rate. Like they stopped answering after a certain amount of time. And there were questions that were a little bit redundant. So it was a lot of trial and error, a lot of A-B testing until we found out this like perfect medium of like, okay, this amount of questions can help us create the right fit for someone at the lowest return rate possible. Just getting feedback from customers like that um, and then just like browsing on like, you know, installing like mouse flow or hot jar to see like how, how they interact with everything. Um, and yeah, like from, from that point on, as we got more and more orders, we were able to see like the algorithm just getting better and better on figuring out what is the right fit for this person based on like, you know, so when you do the questionnaire, there's like this long kind of skew that comes up like with your data and, and yeah, um, that's how, that's that's how, how it works. works. Wow. I never, okay. That's what I, I think what's interesting about this is like you, theoretically, if you asked 473 questions, you might get a slightly even better answer. But when you put it into the marketplace and you see how customers react, you realize like the average person, like they get to question 17 and they're like, no more. And so you have to sort of tailor the experience in order, you can't optimize forever. You have to sort of get to a point where you can come up with an answer. I'm curious, like, so many products these days in the consumer space, it's like ridiculous. I mean, I get a lot of wonderful guests on the show, but like there are so many people who build a business where they take a good old fashioned product like a pillow or whatever, and then all of a sudden there, it has an app and it has all this other stuff that like, that just makes it really complicated. And, you know, it's like, I can't have an app for every pair of shoes I own. I can't, you know, it's it just, it's, it's a lot of, product that, you know, at the end of the day, it's pillow, you know, what you really need is to be able to sleep on it. Were you tempted? Did you get sucked into like doing things that, that would have been, you know, kind of shiny bells and whistles, but like wouldn't have really achieved what you were trying to do? Yeah, for sure. I think even personally, when all these trackers and everything came out, I was so into it. Like, I love looking at this data. I love looking at, like, I, I get blood blood work really often to like track everything, but it actually had a negative effect on my sleep where I was so worried about everything. Like I was so um, just, just so into everything that I couldn't actually fall asleep. And that was like the most basic foundational step to, to just like health and, and, and the whole thing that I'm trying to like even solve for. I can't even get through like that first hurdle. Um, so I just felt like you know, with all these apps, like you mentioned, for a pillow, like something that's so close to your head, I just want something like, you know, when you're in a very comfortable sanctuary, that's like the first step. And, and you know, I just want to create everything where it's like the most comfortable fit for you, um, using data on the back end, not necessarily like the technologies on the front end on the cons customer product, but on the back end for us to create this great purchasing experience for you, this great product, um, and then go from there. So I was really tempted in the beginning. We had some investors initially when I, I pitched a lot. Um, we were in 500 startups. Um, and, you know, after kind of being in SF for so long, you kind of get this 
you, you, you see all these shiny things like, oh, what if we can put a little bit of a tracker in like, um, I, and some investors wanted us to really collect a lot of data, but that just wasn't what we were even set out to do. And that wasn't even what I was solving for, for my own thing. I always go back to, I want to create something, which is a product that I haven't been able to personally find and that I would buy. Um, Aesthetic-wise, functionality-wise, that's the kind of North Star for all of our products so far. I love that. And you know, you made me think, you mentioned about trying to fall asleep. Uh, there's a really good tip that a prior guest, who you might know actually, uh, who came on the show gave about not being able to fall asleep. So his name is Nir Eyal. He wrote the book Hooked, which is all about product design. And he, in his book, uh, he wrote a book called Indistractable. Who, he's saying that when he, he, has, he had struggled with sleeping, he would say this mantra to himself, which is, the body gets what it needs. And if he said that, it would distract him from the fact that he was worried about needing to sleep and he would fall asleep. I've told a million people that, not a million, but many people, and people have come back and said it actually works. I did it last night with my head on your pillow because I'm jet lagged. And the combo of your pillow and that mantra, thanks, Nir, got me there. So there's just a, it's an aside, but one that just kind of came into my head uh, as something you can do. FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos fomos sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages, but I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to netsuite.com slash FOMO. That's netsuite.com slash FOMO. netsuite.com slash FOMO. FOMO. All right, so let's talk about when you went out to raise money. I got to think, I'm going to put on my predictive headset here. I got to think you heard this. What? We don't need another pillow. Everybody makes pillows. Tempur-Pedic makes pillows. Casper makes pillows. Uh, you know how it is. Like, oh, it's a big TAM. You know, it's a total addressable market, but too competitive. I know you heard that, right? So talk about how you came over. Like when people would say it to you, like, how did you address 
because it's kind of like a very obvious point. I'm sure you were ready to go with it. But at the same time, like I know, I just know how this works. Everybody was thinking that. So what did you say to people? So it's a, I mean, you're right. We've had a ton of pitch events. Like I remember doing like launch scale with Jason Cal. Um, Cal- I can't pronounce yeah, his last name right uh, now. Cal- but, um, Kalanakis? Launch, launch, oh, yeah. Cal- sorry, Jason. Cal- Cal- <laughs> sorry. Yes, huge fan though. Um, yeah, uh, and we, <laughs> we were up there with Pluto for like this this kind of competition and everything. And um, and we did really, really well. And I was so concerned about like the audience just being like SF and, you know, you just think like, oh, pillows, like wh- what is this? Like, and everybody was doing obviously like SaaS and, and gaming. Um, for me, um, I just felt like this is, again, a huge opportunity in that there's a one company out there uh, I will not name them um, because we're like the antithesis of everything they stand for. But they sell over $300 million of pillows a year. That's one company, right? And we know that we could do a much better job at creating something, again, that is the second most replaced item in the bedroom. There's a huge market out there. Um, people sleep on average with 2.6 pillows on their bed. And they replace their, you're supposed to replace your pillow every 12 to 18 months. We want to be there for them when that time comes in the best way possible. And we have a patent on this whole process and in the way that the pillows are created and the materials we use. And it's a lot harder to kind of, you know, when you think about like, you know, even like replicating it, right? We have this whole system in our warehouse um, in terms of how, like, and we can get into this a little bit more, but um, a little bit more technical, and how we can create a custom product within a short amount of time and ship it out within seven business days and, and get there within seven business if, if nothing, you know, if there's not a supply chain thing going on. Um, but I, I just saw that this, like, there's no doubt in my mind that if we were able to market this out, but not in a way where like, we're gonna spend a ton of money on ads or anything, but just rely on like creating the best experience for folks, it, that it wouldn't work in a, in a very scalable, big way. One in every four customers right now come from an existing customer, referred from an existing customer. And that's something that we want to really protect as we go forward. I love that. Now, you just kind of mentioned the sort of the the production part of the business, which I imagine is, you know, a big part of your competitive advantage, but really hard. And so talk about some of the innovation that you've been able to build into, you know, no, like I'm sitting here, I'm like, how, you know, how much innovation could a pillow involve? But having watched your Shark Tank, I know I get it. I, I saw like a little sneak preview. So talk about how you build these pillows and how you deliver them so quickly. Yes. So um, in terms of how our pillows work, it's a mixture of two main components, but three that are really customizable. We know foam pillows, right? And then we know there's like fill pillows as well. Um, foam is a really interesting thing where like where people think foam is like a cheap product or anything, but there's so much technology that goes into like a foam core. And that's why like basketball shoes from Nike, like depending on the different foams they use, like you can jump a certain way higher. Others are more protective around your ankle. And it's um, really interesting how they react. Um, And the same thing goes for our pillow cores. Um, Depending on your answers, you could get something that's like firm as a rock, 
or soft as a marshmallow and everything in between, um, from two inches thick to over 12 inches thick. Um, and uh, that is something where in our warehouse here in the city of industry, we have these foam cores ready to go and created. Um, and then what we do is we can pull the right components together with the right amount of fibers blown into the covers, um, put it in. Uh, it takes about like probably, I would say like we've got it down to like five minutes per pillow to create. Um, and then just have everything like ready to go in terms of like the blueprint of how the warehouse is sectioned so that we can time everything really quickly and be able to really customize the product for each individual from there. Um, uh, it's, it's everything is like a certain station. So it's, it's really cool to see and everybody really loves like, you know, creating the pillows for an individual. When an order comes in, um, a skew gets spit out kind of like what, what you need for this pillow. And then they just kind of put it together from there. Oh, that's very cool. Now I, I got to imagine, I did a little research on your co-founder as well, Kevin, like neither of you were pillow component manufacturing experts before you did this, right? You had done uh, a toilet paper company. Uh, it looks like he had worked in a little Bitcoin and real estate stuff. Like, how did you guys figure this stuff out? Like, because you know what I mean? It's like, I know you're smart, but still, it's like, how do you figure out how to do this stuff? What, like, who taught you or who did you go to to get the right answers? Thank you, um, first of all. Um, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> From the time that I had like that neck pain idea to when we launched, it took nine, nine and a half months. From start to finish. And that was due largely like because of my experience. <laughs> Just like, exactly. Yeah. Pluto is a child. And um, we, from our first experience, from my first experience at Cora, which is the bamboo toilet paper company I created, I learned a lot about what goes into making like a, a company. So that first part of like getting things trademarked and everything was really, really easy. Um, but I, we just moved very quickly on exactly like how do we find the right components and suppliers to make this exact thing, going to visit all of these like manufacturers and talking to them and kind of talking to them through the vision because in the beginning it's like why would I want to work with you if you have such a minimum requirement. Um, and I don't. I feel like once I put my mind onto something, um, I've had businesses in the past, so this may be very helpful. Is that like I could just set it up really quickly and mm -hmm. execute and break these like big things down to very easily, easy to execute smaller steps. And that's what we did um, for Pluto. Um, for us, it was like, for me, like in the beginning, I bought all these pillows too, every single pillow, because I was, you know, testing them myself and I was trying to solve for my own, for my own pillow purchasing experience read every single tag, every number of like what this means, which could signal like where do who do they work with like all all these things like really um came up for us to to create the I don't know to to, to really um move very quickly forward um for my first company the bamboo toilet paper company we were like the number one selling bamboo bath tissue on Amazon this was before I think like the whole toilet paper thing took off and sustainability was a really big thing um, so I had a lot of experience in like, how do we really focus on the customer, like right from the beginning, right from the get go and have a relationship one on one that's not really scalable once the company is larger, but is what kickstarts like that first 
customer deep love of the product and brand. FOMO. FOMO. You know, I think what you said there that is so important just to like underline, as it were, is that when you're building a business, a lot of times you don't have deep experience in that segment. You have experience in segments, other segments. You've worked before, you've built a business. You have certain areas where you already have built a lot of strengths, but you just went out there and you learned everything you could. Like I always think about it, it's like you're like you're taking a class in university and you got to write that big term paper. Like you just go out and get as much data as you can in order to build not only the case of what you're doing, but then know what you don't know so you can go out and find people to help you. So it's a really just great way of thinking about building a new business. Yeah, and you learn along the way. You learn really quickly because you just have to, to to survive. And now, like, you could ask me, like, any pillow or a sleep question, and I could have an answer for you. So um, that wasn't definitely the case when we started the company, to be honest. But it is taking those steps um, and being just very passionate and into the product. Like, I don't think I could ever say, like, five years ago, if you asked me, like, six years ago, like, you're going to be this, like, passionate like you're gonna be so into pillows like I would never believe you but it's like this like creating a product that impacts so many people um in like for their lives and even whether it's like toilet paper things that people touch and feel and use every day like that's sort of my passion um and it's cool that it manifested into pillows but never never planned for that you said you can answer any pillow question can I ask you a pillow question <laughs> this is a gross uh, one though just I'm gonna I'm just FOMO savings prep yourself <laughs> we, okay, it's not it's embarrassing, but if it's not a good gonna, answer, we can cut it. Just okay, well, cut. No, no, you're gonna know the answer, but like, you go to somebody's house and you get in the guest bedroom, and then there's a pillow, and then when you look under the pillowcase, the pillow's got it looks grody as can be. What the hell? How do pillows get so gross? Is it just your head sweat? Like, what is going on there? It is. There's a ton of oils that go in, that seep in. There's a ton of, like, dust mites and, and everything. It's just the use night after night. So it is very important to not even just have, like, a pillowcase, but wash the pillowcase, wash the pillow, have a pillow protector if possible, but still replace that pillow every, like— And there are tests you could do to see, like, for example, if you flip it over and you see that layer that you just talked about— I think it's time or like things if you fold it in half and it it, it's doesn't it it kind of stays in half it doesn't bounce back it may be time too um if especially if like there are pillows where it's like all fill and fiber yeah i think like a good chunk of that weight is dust mites after a certain amount of time oh my goodness if you see your pillow walking away (laughs) from you on the bed if your pillow's moving without you being there, no, it's just terrible. All right, so thank you for that. Now, I have one last question for you, which is this. So you were on Shark Tank. Robert gave you an offer of 400K for 20% equity, which by the way, is such a cheapskate offer, Robert, okay? Seriously? I mean, that's really cheapskate. You said no, which I was, I appreciated. And you countered with like 400,000 for, I think it was 9%, which was like a very specific amount. I That was weird too. I was like, wow, 9%, unusual. But anyway, why'd you say no? And how have you raised money for this business without, you know, without doing the Shark Tank thing? It's cool because we actually bootstrapped for a year and a half before we decided to take on outside wow. funding. Um, it was really just to mm-hmm. see if there was a product market fit, if, you know, what I was looking for was what other people were looking for out there. And when we did see those first customers trickle in, when we started getting a lot of press just organically from me pitching, it was like, okay, it's cool. Let's take this to the next level. 
um, Shark Tank approached us actually in the beginning, and I had wow. actually never really watched the show before. Didn't know if that was a direction we wanted to take the company, um, but. I think you know after talking to a lot of founders, that could be a really cool move and just you know put us on the map a little bit more. When we were on the show, you know, I knew that um, there could be an opportunity to work with some amazing sharks and and get some advice and, and things like that. But I had to kind of also honor what our current investors were you know invested in us and it was an hour and a half of filming cut down to eight to ten minutes so there wasn't a lot that i could share um or a lot yeah. that was aired um but you know we we've already raised a seed round at the time of like 2.1 million at a um 10 million post cap and that just wasn't fair to our investors so we had to walk away if it was a good deal we would be you know being okay with it on air and seeing how things go through due diligence. And we also, you know, there's this rumor always going around, like if you don't take a deal on air, you probably won't air. So we're lucky that everything happened the way that it did too. Wow. Now, now was it worth it? Did you see a spike out of the show? Like everybody thinks if you're on a show like Shark Tank, you're like a maid. Are you? I guess it depends on the product. Um, mm. For us, we prepared as much as we can. I think pillows, it's very easy to kind of grasp the problem. Like, oh yeah, I've had this issue before. Like I wanted mm. to try. So it actually exceeded all of our forecasting expectations that first night. I think that first night, um, it was like within two hours or three hours. It was a, about a crazy amount of, we were back ordered six weeks. Wow. <laughs> Let's just say that wow. um, really quickly. So yeah, I think that helped a, lo a lot. And they've read us seven times since 2021 when we aired. So it's been a cool ride so far. And we've, you know, from that, been able to get on the Today Show and all these other great opportunities to share our story. But I'm really happy with the outcome. Yeah, thanks, Robert. Bye. All right, everybody. Go go go! get yourself a pillow at PlutoPillow.com. You can also find Pluto on socials at PlutoPillow. Susanna Salin, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Patrick. FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO Sapiens is recorded in New York City. Theme music FOMO. is by Mike McGinnis, and editing and post-production is by Josh Elstro. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me at FOMOSapiens.com and at PatrickMcGinnis.com. To advertise on FOMO Sapiens, reach out to contact at FOMOSapiens.com. FOMO. FOMO.